He keeps himself in trim by bending bars of iron. This bar is the genuine article which we tested before he began to play with it. Beyond the bend. Beyond the bend. All right, Nick Rosendahl, welcome to Beyond the Bend. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll start it like we always do. Tell me about the first time you saw someone bend a piece of steel. The first time was probably when they did it at World's Strongest Man. I probably nice. saw the video when they were trying to bend it all weird over their head and behind their neck and everybody was tearing pecs. And <laughs> that, I think that was the first exposure that I had to it. Did they do that a, in 77 in the first one? No, it was a couple years after that. I can't remember what 79. year it was. It I think it was 79. Yeah. Because it wasn't the first one. Yep. Um, I, I think it was like the third or fourth one. Yep. Yeah. I've been watching pretty much because I like to know the history of the things I get into. So I've, I've yeah, watched right. every World's Strongest Man from 1977. I'm on like 2008 now, but I've watched every single one of them over the last couple of months. And it's, it's awesome. I, well, it's, it's funny. There's, there's a guy that I lived with when I first moved to Columbus, when I was down by Ohio state before I was married. And he was like all in strongman. Like he had all of the strongman competitions on videotape yes. you know, before DVDs. <laughs> yeah. This was like, you know, late nineties. Yep. And he had all of them. And he had like all the Milo magazines. And that's the first place I saw grip stuff because he had a few grippers too. So mm -hmm. but that's where I started seeing all that stuff because he had all of them. Yeah. And like we sit in the living room, just watch like old World's Strongest Man videos. <laughs> that rules. <laughs> so obviously, you know, sometime, well, you probably saw the, uh, the world's strongest man and then a bunch of years went by so what when was it that you saw it again and maybe uh thought about giving it a try my next exposure to it was uh my buddy sean dockery uh he discovered grip strength and this nice. was probably around 2003 so it was right around when the grip board was just starting up and uh we saw like the people doing the grippers and then I saw some people bending steel. I'm like, well, that's cool. And I tried it a little bit, but I wasn't very good at it. And then it must've been maybe a year or two after that, there was a thing at the Arnold classic called night of strength Two, put on by a company called atomic athletic. And oh. Pat Povlitis was there. Steve Weiner was there. Jen oh, was yes. There. Dan Senadoza was there. Uh, like all the diesel crew guys were there. Yeah. So like I, I met all those guys there and I saw Pat bend and that's when I got hooked. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And uh, what was he bending that night? It was, like what was I mean, the event actually? It was, it was just a get together at the Arnold. Like the, they rented out like a banquet room Crazy. and he had some of his equipment in there. And he just had like all these strength guys. He was kind of basing it like off the old, the old York picnics, strength picnics yeah. they used to have. Right, right. And uh, so he just had a bunch of 
strength people come and you just invited a bunch of people. So there was like strong man and like kettlebell guys and power lifters and grip wow. guys. And, you know, there was like, uh, there was a group, uh, Tiger Claw Magazine. They were like a martial arts group was there doing like martial Sounds arts. Sounds about stuff. right. <laughs> like doing all kinds of stuff. So yeah, that wow. was kind of my first exposure, that kind of stuff. But so you said your friend Sean Dockery was getting into grip. What was his motivation to get into the grip strength? Anything in particular? I just think he saw it and he thought it was interesting. And cool. our buddy uh, that we lived with before that was into strongman had read dinosaur training all right yeah brooks cubics book and yeah he it was so funny because he he went out and bought an iron mind axle after he read that book nice and he'd take it carried over his shoulder across campus to the the gym on campus and use it in the gym like he'd carry, walk across campus with on his shoulder but That's uh awesome so he, we started learning about grip from that and then he discovered the grip board then mm -hmm. like all the different grippers and blobs and feats that they were doing and we kind of delved into it after that and kind of got hooked so right on, that's cool <laughs> i think the first time i tried i might have almost closed the number two and i picked up a 35 pound blob i think nice something like that when i first tried it like when i went over to his house when he first got some stuff but <laughs> yeah yeah I, I'm glad you mentioned dinosaur training because so my segue into this whole world was uh, a, a, a British jujitsu black belt by the name of Dan Strauss, who I was okay. uh, lucky enough to have on the show. And he was a, um, a jujitsu practitioner first, but then he discovered dinosaur training and Brooks Cubic. And it really like, you know, he put on like 50 pounds of muscle. The dude's like a <laughs> unit now, like, and, uh, you know, he, he shows all this cool stuff on Instagram and it's amazing. Like he, you know, he got into the steel, he's way into the sandbag lifting and all this stuff. And I, I've spoke to so many people that, you know, in the jujitsu world that he's been their segue into it. So it's cool yeah. that like the dinosaur training was uh, your friend's segue into it as well. Oh yeah. It kind of got us all hooked. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like those, those texts that are out there, you know, like these, um, these like strength manuals uh don cummings got me hip to uh steve well, i guess don and bud jeffries both got me uh hip to steve Eusta, if, or uh, oh, yeah. am i saying mm -hmm. that right yeah and it's, i read I think, uh, it, I think it's justa justa maybe? okay yeah and I, I read uh rock iron and steel i, I was mm -hmm. i was able to find the e-copy of that and uh so um there's a couple that i'm still trying to track down but i like these um these like strong strength texts that are hard to kind of seek out as um, that 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 dude floating was around <laughs> yeah that guy was a character yeah <laughs> i did a bunch of research on him <laughs> so obviously you're pretty strong if you close the number two right off the top take me back uh what what was your athletic background growing up and you know and up until you found the grip stuff so i started playing football in seventh grade I really liked that. And I kind of stuck with that, like all through high school. And I started like, I think I wait, started weight training right around maybe eight, like the end of eighth grade, like when I was 13, 14. And I'd been pretty steady, like all through high school. I was like one of the five guys that was always in the gym. There was like a group yeah, nice. of us, even in off season, we would always be in there like doing 
programs and stuff all through the off season. So it was always been something I've been into lifting weights and stuff all through high school. And then once I got out of high school, like I did a little junior college, but then I didn't really stick with it. And I started working and for probably a year or so, I just kind of stopped doing stuff, got fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, that's when I was, uh, I was playing in the hardcore band and stuff. Cool. And then, uh, my buddy, Sean had just moved to Columbus and he called me. He's like, Hey, you want to move to Columbus? I'm like, sure. <laughs> And once nice. I got down there, I kind of got back into it again, but. Right on. That's awesome. Yeah. That's uh, I wish, you know, there was a small period of time when I was like 15 or 16, when my dad had gotten in pretty good shape, nothing like, you know, e even then, like the access to like material was so different. And uh, yeah, you know, oh, he, was yeah. he was just doing like push-ups and bench and, sit-ups or something so i was just doing that too you know and it's just like i wish i had stuck with that but yeah so and, yeah, i kind of my, that's the my way brother life always goes. worked out <laughs> my brother always worked out too so i kind of was watching yeah. him because he was five years older than me okay so yeah i got into a little bit because of him too because he was just lifting weights and so he played hockey but nice. he's weight trained all the time but yeah you'll appreciate this so what what when I do jujitsu or when I'm teaching jujitsu and, uh, you know, uh, a really tough guy comes in, that's never done jujitsu. It's like, he's, he's challenging to roll with on the mat, you know? And I, uh, when we're done training, I go, so, uh, did you wrestle in school or anything like that? And they go, no, I go, well, what about football? You play football? And it's like, no. Nah. <laughs> and I go, uh, and nothing else you've been lifting your whole, no, I go, how many older brothers do you have? <laughs> like 10. I'm like, all right, that explains it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's the checklist. If someone's just super tough, it's like wrestling, football, older brothers. <laughs> so once you, you got exposure to Pat Povolitis and, and the man, Steven, Steve Weiner and everybody, uh, yeah. what did you, what did you try? You, you said you closed that, some grippers and picked up a blob. Yeah. That's what, that's when I started digging into bending more after I saw Pat. Okay. So, you know, there was like, there wasn't a lot out there, like as far as like how to do stuff, honestly, Yeah. you know, cause yep. the internet and videos were just kind of starting up as yeah. far as like having YouTube and all that stuff. And so the grip board was my main place where I found all my information for the most part. So I, and then I talked, I would message back and forth with Pat and those guys a little bit. And, um, I did see them later on at, uh, uh, Jed Stiesel crew put on a, a grip contest called the global grip challenge in mm -hmm. 2004 and 2005. And I went to both of those and I believe Pat was at the second one. So that's where I got a lot of information. Cause like he would, he showed me like how to wrap stuff and like what kind nice. of wraps to use and like all that kind of stuff. So, so I started in, uh, probably, uh, reverse bending. Yeah. Cause that was what made the most sense to me right off the bat. Right. So right. I was doing like, you know, I got to the point where I could do like a yellow nail mm -hmm. and then like, a, I was getting to the point where I could do a blue nail. 
And then I worked up to like a grade five in that area. And then I started messing with double overhand. So, and trying to think date wise. So that's probably like 05, I think. And what were and then, people uh, using for wraps around then? Because that the Iron Mind pad hadn't come out yet at that time, right? Uh, they had them, but they weren't required for their certifications. Okay, gotcha. I knew there was so, something like that. A lot of us were just using like suede leather. Right, right. And that's what I always preferred. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what Pad told me to get. So, yeah. But that's so you what just I go to like a, a, long time. a leather supplier and just cut your own. Yeah, that or yeah. they had uh, actually at um, Joanne's, they had yeah, from nice. uh, Tandy Leather sold uh, trim pieces of suede mm -hmm. that were like, I don't know, they were like, I want to say four by 12. Yeah. Like pieces and you could yep. trim them and make them the size. There was two in a set. Nice. You could make wraps out of them. So those were my first ones I ever had, but. Gotcha. Eventually I got other ones, but. So when I put the word out that I was having you on the show today, everybody wanted to hear about horseshoes. So when did those, well, <laughs> um, when did those come into play? <laughs> those came next, like, cause I really, I really liked it when he was bending the horseshoes and wrenches when I first saw him. I thought those were like the coolest thing that you could yeah. like bend a wrench, you know? <laughs> oh, me too. The it wrench like, was very like attractive mind. to me too. <laughs> blew my mind. So I started getting some horseshoes and I wasn't very good at it. And I was like, man, this sucks. Like I can't, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. Cause like I said, there wasn't like any how-to videos, how to bend horseshoes. Oh yeah. And I think like a that. horseshoe, I think a horseshoe is more technical than I, I think that's, less instinctual than even a reverse bend yeah. or any kind of bend to, I, I think a to horseshoe get the, is very to get to like the positioning for the kink and then yeah oh yeah the sweep and everything mm -hmm. so eventually I, it started clicking probably about i'd have to look back but probably about 2006 it started clicking and it all just kind of went up from there like uh they had some uh I want to say they had started having some certification. Well, Fat Bastard had some certifications that I did. So I think there was like a diamond number two that I did okay. for one yeah. of their certifications and something like that. And, uh, and what other stuff? And then they started a list on the grip board. Okay. Um, I think Eric Mirfield started the list and there was like two levels. There were like small yeah, shoes. Yeah, I think you're right. Like big shoes like the mm -hmm. Texas twisters and something like that. I can't remember what exactly they were <laughs> called, but yeah. But yeah, that's kind of when it started all clicking. Um, nice. Then I, then I got, uh, Pat gave me some information. There's actually a farrier just North of Columbus that he got a lot of his shoes from called uh, Ken Davis and sons. Yeah. Oh yeah. Heard that name. Yeah. And uh, I started going up there and the first day I walked in there, they're like, uh, asked what they could help me with. I'm like, well, I'm, uh, might sound weird, but I'm looking for some horseshoes to bend. They're like, oh, you're one of those guys. <laughs> like we got <laughs> a couple of guys that order from us that do that. I'm like, oh yeah, what's their names? And one of them was Pat, you know, uh -huh. one of them was Chris Ryder, yep. you know, guys like that. So I'm like, oh yeah, I know those guys. So, oh, that's so, now, I'm, <laughs> so now I'm like Norm at the bar when I walk in there, like, hey, Nick, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> that rules. But, that's so, so funny. I, 
started getting horseshoes from there and that's when things started rolling like i got into like the xx7 summer twos from st croix and then uh I kind of upped it to like the light rim threes and then light threes mm -hmm. and just kind of kept growing from there. But yep. I was just saying to Don Cummings, actually, like as uh, we were talking about you coming on on Instagram, and I wish there was a more sort of like comprehensive rating system for the yeah, horseshoes, know. you know? That's it's like, because you, like... you just, yeah, of course, people know like the ultra light number two is like the starting place, so, sort of. But it's like even me that's been around this a little bit and talked to a lot of people, it's like when you start rattling off a bunch of horseshoe names, I have no reference yeah. of like how difficult yeah. that is. I wish, I wish there was, and, we'd see, measure the thing them or is, something. Unless you've tried them, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's I the wish problem, you would, like, we just like would take a measurement on the thickness and the length or, or something. I don't know to, to give some kind of reference of how goddamn big some of these shoes are. Yeah. Cause <laughs> some of them are huge. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you, cause if you look at the, the world, the world list that's still hanging around, I mean, the biggest shoes that have been on there are gigantic. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. I mean, they're, they're like three eighths of an inch thick or more mm -hmm. than like, they're just crazy stuff that I was yeah. never able to touch, but. <laughs> so uh, when did the uh, competitive strongman stuff come into play uh, in relation to the bending and whatnot? That came in just a little later. So probably when I was hitting my prime with horseshoes. So I was like bending like the number fives and stuff like the special number fives and the, uh, the easy, St. Croix number fives and stuff like that around 2008, 2009 is when I started doing strongman and Highland games kind of around the same time. Oh, nice. So, and, and what got you What's that? Uh, who who uh, got you into that or what, what uh, got you interested in doing that stuff? It, the funny thing is like the guy – from way back when that I first moved to Columbus with yeah the dude that got, had all the strongman videos and stuff like he put on these little like strongman competitions that like at his house back home oh, and that's nice. when I first started doing a little bit of it but it wasn't really you know for anything but I didn't so I so Sean and I started making stones and doing some things and training a little bit of strongman at his at his house because he had like some land just on the outside cool. of town so we started kind of doing it together. And then in 2009, I decided to sign up for my first like sanctioned strongman event. So there was a group of guys that I had met uh, probably a year before at the Arnold. Uh, Brad Audrey is one of the guy's names, like one of the guys that runs the strongman crew. But he was certifying on the three at the Arnold when I met him at the uh, GNC Grip Gauntlet booth with Wade Gillingham nice and i was talking to him like oh yeah yeah and i told him i wanted to do a sanction it used to be north american strongman mm -hmm. he's like oh yeah come to our place and train if you're going to do a show and i showed up there and like oh boy and I, <laughs> <laughs> there were some strong guys there yeah <laughs> my eyes got that's open awesome what, what strong was <laughs> when yeah. i showed up there I mean, yeah it was pretty awesome but I've been there ever since. So cool. 
you, you mentioned the name Wade Gillingham. Is, is that any relation to Brad Gillingham? It's his know? brother. Okay. Because I've been listening to um, Marty Gallagher's uh, podcast called Raw, and it's uh, he's always talking about the Gillinghams on it, like every episode Dude, practically. That family, strong. Yeah. So their dad, their dad was a, I think he was an NFL lineman for Green That's Bay. That's what I was going to say. And then like a, like a and then, coach afterwards, I think. Yeah. And then Carl, yeah. their one brother was a pro strong man. Brad's okay. a power lifter. And Wade was a strong man slash insane grip guy. Wow. That's cool. His, his a real grip strong is, family. Is, <laughs> like his grip was crazy. Like, and it was like back in the early days of the grip board when he was doing all his stuff mm-hmm. and he had some, and the really old grip board video that was on there, he had, he was like doing like uh, two 45 pound plates and he was going around his body with them for like oh, nice. reps of like 15. <laughs> <laughs> and the blob Damn. was just like a toy to him, you know, like it was just. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are they from Ohio too? No, they're from Minnesota. I think okay. they're in Minnesota. Okay. So I was gonna say this might be a good time to talk about my theory on that uh, Ohio is hands down the uh, strongest state in the uh, in the U.S. <laughs> what do you think it is down there? What's in the water I, that makes you guys so strong? I don't I don't know if we don't have anything to do in the winter or what it is. Like we're shut <laughs> in like half the year. Or, I don't know. Yep. There's just just if you just take like the central Ohio area alone, just around Columbus and the surrounding areas, you know you got you know you got Slater's Hardware outside of town um west side barbell yeah lexon extreme another powerlifting gym down there uh-huh you know matt wedding that used to train at yeah i know who he is. has his gym in here too you know and then you got all these different strongman crews in town yeah uh chris vaccio he's the state chair for the united states strongman uh-huh. So he's got all his equipment that he runs all his contests at at a gym out on the east side of town. Oh yeah, you know. So there's like all these strongman and powerlifting yeah. guys running all over the place. <laughs> you know, I think I think the last straw where I was just like, "Yep, that's it." It's definitely in the strongest state. Was I was chatting a little bit with uh, Sean Urquhart, the uh, natural stone lifter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Where are you from?" Oh, Ohio. I was like, "Okay, of yeah. course, Cleveland makes sense." <laughs> funny story about sean i met him through highland games okay before he was stone lifting so he was a pro highland game uh i met him when he was an amateur thrower before mm-hmm. he became pro and then uh after he came, became a pro he started getting the stone lifting but i've known sean for a long time oh cool you've done some of the natural stone lifting too right i have yeah nice I love that there's like this unifying world. Like it just felt like my eyes got open. One, you you can't you made the comment like you didn't know what strength was until you did that strongman competition, and that's how I feel like about getting hip to this like grip bending natural stone lifting world. Like, yeah, there was guys I knew that could bench a lot or something, but it it was like there wasn't this level of intensity that I've been exposed to like all of these guys, you know, and um, it's very inspiring. It's like, it's just like totally changed my mindset about what it is to be strong. (laughs) Yeah. It's just unreal. 
the crew of straw man that I train with here in Columbus, like, honestly, I was probably one of the least strong guys there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm not weak, but I yeah. mean, based on what all those guys were doing in there, I mean, they got guys that were going to the amateur, amateur world championships and placing like top 10, like Brad, wow. the guy that I talked about earlier, he's like, when it comes to Atlas stones, there's not very many people that are as good as him. Really? So uh, you've probably heard of Steve Schmidt. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard of Steve Schmidt, a strong yes, man, crazy strong guy. Yep. Um, he once said, asking Brad how to load Atlas stones is like asking Zeus how to throw lightning bolts. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Because <laughs> he, he was one of the first amateurs to load a 500 pound stone. Jesus. And a body weight of like 275. My God. He was just like on another level when it came to stones. So, yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. So, back when you, when you got the bug with the bending and the horseshoes, you said you got up uh -huh. to a grade five, grade five reverse, and then you switched yeah. over to double overhand. Uh, what was that journey like? Did, the, the, did you take to the double overhand pretty well or? I did. I, I started catching on to it after a while and uh, I got decent at it by the time. Um, what year was that? I think I have something on the wall. It tells me. Uh, nice. Uh, let's see. Was that 2000 and whatever year the back bastard bash backyard bastard bash four was that John Beatty put on when he stole that uh, fat bastard barbell company. Okay. I had because it was fat bad bastard barbell company of course they had bending in their contest yeah so um it was basically you could take three bends the, and they would your biggest bend is what gave you your points so nice the biggest the biggest thing i ever bent was at that contest double overhand it was a uh six and a half inch shiny oh wow so that's that's the biggest i ever got double over Nice. So I kind of progressed and I didn't start on the red nail until later mm -hmm. because I didn't like using their wraps. So I just yeah. didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> <So> that. Eventually, <laughs> eventually I'm like, well, you know what? I could probably, uh, I could probably do it. And I trained at it and I got pretty decent at it and yep. was able to start on the red pretty easily. So nice. But, Yes. So, and, you know, I, I still best back and forth re with reverse and stuff. Uh, I, I got to the point where I was about getting grade eights reverse, but I never got to a red nail. So. Yeah. That's a freaking crazy reverse bend. What about double underhand? Do you ever mess with that? Terrible at it. Is that <laughs> I right? I did. I did, <laughs> yeah. but it, I'm not good at it at all. I mean, yeah. I think I think I might have got like a, like a six inch grade five was maybe like the biggest thing I ever did. Mm -hmm. But I just never... I don't know. It just didn't feel right to me. It fits, <laughs> it, it fits my theory that there's mostly guys with, with some exceptions, some guys are just good at everything and some guys, but um, usually it's one or the other double under or reverse. That's the, that's the guy's weak point. And it's, mm -hmm. it seems like 50, 50. I'm, I'm, I hate reverse. I stink at reverse. My double double underhand is a little better, um, but it's interesting because it's always it's always one or the other. It seems like. 
Yeah, see, because I, I messed around with a whole bunch of different kinds of bending. So, mm-hmm. like, I did mid-length bars, like, I did yeah, long bars, nice. I did scrolling, like, I did all that yep. stuff, so. What, but you seem like you, you like the shoes the most out of everything. Yeah, sh- shoes were probably the thing that I excelled at the most, mm-hmm. so that's kind of why I really liked them, because I got really good at them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are you, did you? Might, I bet you were good at the mid-length bars, though, because I feel like I was that's decent. similar torque needed to yeah. than a horseshoe. I was I got pretty decent at it. Like I've not bended anything like these guys are now. I mean, I look at some of the stuff they're bending now, and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the, I think the biggest thing, I'm trying to think, I think the shortest five eighths bar I bent was. 26 or 27 inches and uh-huh. i got a three-quarter inch bar that was maybe like 34 inches that i bent it was like nice. the biggest one that i've done that's so. a heavy duty bend yeah that stuff varies so much too i've noticed yeah that, I know. That, that's, that hot roll is thing. like crazy and, and those bends about killed me when i did those so <laughs> I was saying last time, I guess when it, the first podcast back when I had my friends Dave and Josh on was just like that. I feel like the mid-length stuff is so brutal. I don't know that, that I feel like the PR bends with that style really took it out of me for like a few oh, yeah. weeks. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah. I like, yeah. Especially when I did that three quarter bar, it, I mean, I was, I was knocked out for a while. Like it took yeah. a lot out of me when I did it. Can't. you ever play yeah, with I any see, snapping i that's one thing i never got into yeah and then i saw everybody just getting into it like a few years ago mm-hmm. and i didn't i don't know i never really messed with it but. yeah yeah it seems like that came later was david horn uh, somebody you were aware of like oh yeah your time bending and stuff yeah because david horn was on the grip board when i first joined up oh nice. so i knew about him because he was doing grip contests back in like 93 right yeah everybody knew who he was because he was the guy that was doing grip before everybody else was doing it like, yeah as like a competition awesome. yeah so yeah and then i then a lot of the mid-length bends actually i did because he started up his world of grip site and right had the list off so nice that's cool so what was it i mean we know, you know, it's somewhat unspoken or whatever, but it's always good. I always like to hear people describe it, but what was it that you were getting out of the, the steel bending that made you like go on such a run with it? You know, whether it was the shoes or the other styles. I mean, it's like when you bend a piece of steel, it's like that feeling when it first starts to give, like, I feel like it's like addictive. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a, a drug addict that gets their drug or whatever. Like, you, yeah, you feel that totally. Steel, you feel that steel move. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like now I can get it, you know? Yeah. And, and like, it just, you know, and like a couple of those bigger bands, like the first, uh, the first number five shoe, the first special five that I ever bent, mm-hmm. I did after uh, the Fat Bastard contest. We had a special okay. five there and everybody was passing it around trying to bend it. Nice. And nobody could move it. Like nobody was getting it to move. Then finally yeah. I hit it and it, it opened up. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then I worked on it for like another 15 or 20 minutes and got it opened up some more. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. 
So you, have you been doing any uh, bending these days or what's your training looking like these days? I got back into it a little bit, but then I started having some upper back stuff going on. So I kind of nixed it for a little bit yep. and I kind of just started back doing some more bending again. So nice. Any I particular goals? New, not really right now. I, I just ordered some new, some more shoes because I was all out. Like all I had was like giant stuff that yeah. I can't bend right now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so yeah. I had to get, I had to get some other stuff to get me back into the swing of things, kind of get my groove back. But nice. Because I'd kind of lost some of my positioning and stuff. But once I did a few shoes, I kind of cut, started come back to me. But sweet. What about uh, regular strength training or strongman type training? What's your week look like for that stuff? Specifics. Uh, typically through the week, like I'll do anywhere from two to three, like just straight up strength workouts. So okay. usually I'll split it up like a, an upper day, a lower day and like a, like a speed or lighter day or something. If I do three and mm -hmm. then Saturday nice. event day for strongman. Sweet. So I go out there to their, those guys' place and do my events there. Yeah. It looks like you had a, a, on Instagram a lot of, maybe it was just what you were training for, but it looked like you were a, a really good presser uh, as far as log or axle and stuff like that. We, Is that we always like do. Or? We always do press there when we start. So, yeah. Um, and I got decent at it. I wasn't like amazing at it. I'm not as good as log as I am at Axel, but interesting. I mean, I was for a minute there, I was pushing 300 on the axle from the ground. Yeah. But Ooh. I never quite got there. I kind of fizzled out about 280, 290. Uh -huh. I was like almost there. But <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> because I, I split jerk, I don't push press. So, yep, I saw that. I think was that's that part of my problem with log. Oh, yeah. You don't split with the log? I do, but I think that's part of my problem is I split. So it's really it's really hard to keep positioning with the logs since it's yeah so much further out in front of you trying to split and push. And right. Right. Some guys make that work, position. right? Rob Kearney. Rob Kearney yeah. really makes it work, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I gotta I gotta work on the jerk or the split jerk because uh getting under the thing is uh my problem and uh, that seems like a good way to do it but it seems a little I mean, more technical <laughs> it is but it's i mean as far as like efficiency and explosion i mean honestly i think it's the best if you can do it yeah i, I feel like a lot of the guys that kind of look down on it are the guys that can't do it very well so <laughs> right probably that's usually how it goes with things <laughs> <laughs> Um, and what about, uh, recovery nutrition? Anything, you do anything specific for that kind of stuff these days or ever? I mean, I should do more than I have lately, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here of late, my nutrition has not been good at all, but, uh, oh yeah. Me it's my birthday recently. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. See, I'm on vacation up. right now. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I've kind of fluctuated back and forth with that because, I started heavy, so probably back in like 2005 or so, I weighed like 270, 280. And then that first contest, 
that I did, I needed to be 265 for. So I dropped some weight for that. Okay. And then I stayed there for a while. And then I want to say maybe 2010 or 11, I decided to go to 231. Nice. So I dropped all the way down to 231. And the first yeah. contest I did there, I wrecked myself because I lost <laughs> all that weight. Yeah. And I wasn't used to training at that weight yet. Yeah. And it was like one of the worst contests I ever had. Oh, man. But, <laughs> but after that, I trained that body weight for like a year or so. And then I was good. I was actually stronger than I was when I was heavier. Yeah. You hear that? So, yeah. That's cool. But, but now I kind of, I kind of hover around 250 right now. I mean, unless I intentionally try to lose weight. So. Gotcha. Nice. And how about, I think you guys have like a Facebook group called this, but I always bring it up on the, uh, the podcast is, uh, what's your thoughts on farm strength in relation oh, yeah. Yeah. to, uh, <laughs> in, yeah. in relation to steel bending or anything like that? Because I feel like, you know, like I said, this is like a, a step, uh, open my eyes to this world, you know, of like a different type of strength. And, you know, maybe it is like this tendon and ligament development or whatever, like, but, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on farm strength, I guess? Well, I mean, we had a, uh, we had a forum for a long time called farm strength and uh -huh. then it all died. So I started up the Facebook group, but, uh, that was a thing that, uh, Sean Dockery kind of had the idea for it. And like him, me, my brother, Stu, who also got into steel bending and stuff too, and got pretty decent, nice. um, kind of ran with and kind of made it a thing. Cause, cause it kind of where we grew up, like small town, like farm yeah. communities, like sure. you get like these, these dudes, these kids that show up that like, are just brute strong, just from, you know, working, working. on the farm or carrying stuff yeah. around or just yep. doing normal farm stuff or work stuff that they don't really think about. Yeah. But when, that, when they do something, you know, strength wise, it's like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like a, a, per a perfect example I have of that. Um, a guy by the name of Eli Keener, um, he got into grip a while ago, like right around when I was, and uh, it was right right when we met Chris Rice. Okay. Um, we met him on the grip board. We didn't know who he was. We hadn't met before, and he's like, "Hey, how about we have this get together at my house and we'll like do grip stuff together?" I'm like, yeah. sure. So we all just go to Chris's place. He's got this awesome gym in the middle of nowhere in Crooksville, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Eli walks in and his little brother walks in who was a pipe fitter. He was probably like 19 or 20 at the time. Yeah. Something like that. Walks in the door within five minutes. He picked up the inch dumbbell and never seen it before. <laughs> he weighed 190. Damn. Like what was his name? Cliff Keener. Okay. Wow. That's like, awesome. It was just, yeah. and he, he hadn't ever trained for anything like that. Right. Right. Like he just walked in the door, you know, he was probably 5'10", 5'11", about my height, weighed 190, just bent yeah. over and picked it up. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> example. Like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Like, oh my it's god, look at the video. <laughs> you know, I wonder if that's like uh obviously that's completely atypical. Um, but it's like one of those things that's like got such a reputation that it's like I, I bet you if you did, you know, I've actually I probably shouldn't even speak on this because I never actually grabbed the real inch or anything like that, but it just seems like that thing has such a it's so infamous, you know, like if, if someone just walked in that was strong and didn't give it the respect if they had no idea, you know, they'd pick it up. And see, I hear more and more stories about that now too. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but clearly it's no joke because I see many, many strong people uh, struggle to pick, even like get any movement on that thing. I still haven't got a full lift on it yet. I mean, I've been yeah. trying to grip forever. So yeah. Do you, do you I have that? Have... I don't, but I have access to them. Gotcha. My nice. buddy, my buddy Sean, who lives, you know, like five miles from me, he's got two, and nice. he's got a smaller one. And then we have a uh, 155 pound one at our training place that cool. Steve Snyder made. Uh -huh. So, so we have I have access to some, so sure. I can yeah. mess with them on a regular basis. But that's awesome. How about the, any more stories from those early gripnesses? That was something Don told me to ask you about. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think that's where I first met Don. It was either it was either at Gripmas or it was at Grip Nationals. I can't remember which it was, uh -huh. but where I met Don. And this was before Don was the Don that we know now. Right. Before he yeah, started. of course. And, you know, I think it was like, Like afterwards was always like stupid human tricks, like yeah, monkey see yeah. monkey do. You know, everybody's like <laughs> trying stuff and bending stuff and doing all kinds of stuff. So I, I always brought my bag full of bending stuff with me. So yeah. after the contest was over, I'd start bending stuff. <laughs> and I want to say this must have been an Andrew Derniatz after Grip Nationals one year, but Don was there, and I showed him how to bend horseshoes. Nice. And then you know, four or five years later, I'm like. I can't bend half the stuff you're bending now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, what a, as, far as, like, as far as like Gripmas goes, though, that that just started as that get together uh, that I had talked about earlier. Like that's what yeah. that turned into. Like it was just for two years, it was just like a get together. Yep. And then it was kind of like a semi contest. And gotcha. then Chris turned it into a contest after that. And nice. it was just like, it was just like a contest that like always people wanted to go to just because I don't know, there was something about Chris's gym and the way those contests ran. Yeah. I mean, there was probably three or four two hand pinch world records set in his gym at that contest. Yeah. I think Jed said it once, uh, Chad Woodall said it once, uh, -huh. uh Cody Burns said it there once. Yeah. I think, Oh, I think Jed and Chad set it up both on the same day. Like one of them got it, then the other one beat them. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. It's just awesome. something about Chris's gym. Like, I don't know what it was about that place, but it was like. That's cool. Lots of awesome heard, stuff happened there. <laughs> I've heard the stories. Yeah. Did you uh, train ever with JT Strauss, Strausser at any of those? I didn't. I I trained with him. I didn't really train with him. Um, uh -huh. I met him a few times and we yep. did some stuff together at uh, 
like get togethers, like yeah. especially during the Arnold Classic when it was in gotcha. town here in Columbus. Like he would usually come with like Jed or some of those guys. Uh-huh. And that's how I got that's how I got to know him first. Uh-huh. But yeah, an insanely strong guy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I had him on the show. It was, it was what year was that? Um 2014. Okay. Pat and Dennis couldn't do uh the the bending on stage at the Arnold that year in between Mighty Mitts and the Pro Strongman. Yeah. <clears throat> so they recruited me and TJ to do it. Nice. And that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Being able to do it up there on the main stage at the Arnold. Yeah, damn. I didn't know they yeah. had steel bending there at the Arnold. Well, see what what they what it was, it was like a exhibition show in between the events where they were setting up. I see. So, uh, one year they had Pat and uh, um, shoot, forgetting the name. Uh, Mike, uh, the destroyer, uh, would bend the bar across his neck. Oh, Mike Bruce. I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, him and Pat did it one year. Then I think. Oh, uh, cool. Dennis and Pat did it one year. Dennis Rogers and Pat. Yeah. Okay. And that year, like they were still doing the grip thing and pro straw man, but they for some reason there was a conflict and they couldn't make it. So. Nice. Pat contacted me since I, he knew I was in town. He figured I'd be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, heck yeah. And then That's the awesome. TJ was going to be there. So I'm like, heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that That's cool. We, we did a couple, a couple different bending exhibitions there. There was a, like a side stage that we did some stuff at. And then we did bending up at the main stage, like in between the, the grip and the pro straw man that they were doing up there. Sweet. That's awesome. And how about if for beginners listening that want to get into horseshoe bending, uh, what kind of tips do you have for the beginners for the horseshoes specifically? Uh, specifically, I mean, start with SX7 or not XS, uh, St. Croix Ultralight number twos. That's what I would start with, whether whether you can bend them or not and uh, get yourself a good pair of wraps, singles or doubles, it doesn't really matter. Um, And then research. I mean, there's so much stuff online now that you can probably put in how to bend horseshoes and like four videos will probably pop up. Oh yeah. I mean, If you if you want to get material, probably the best like how to that's out there was the one that Jed and Mike Rinderly did together. Yeah. As far as horseshoes go. I yep. can't remember what the name of it was off offhand, but um I think it's I think Jed probably still sells it on his site, but I think it was called like Hammering sure. Horseshoes or something like that. Yep. But like that goes step by step through everything you need to know to bend a horseshoe. Yeah. Like from what kind of wraps to get, how to wrap the horseshoes, like all the positioning and the whole deal, the progression lists, everything. So and how about I mean, the how about the progression in your opinion? But I know like people start with the ultralight number two. Where should they go from there? 
So once you get pretty proficient at those ultralight number twos, yeah. I would move up to maybe like, like a diamond classic one or two probably okay. from there. Um, there might be a tweener shoe in between there or something, but that's a pretty good jump. Uh-huh. Um, and then from there, I mean, you just start getting into like, like the St. Croix stuff, like the, like the lights and the light rims and yep. like the twos and the threes and stuff like that. Then you move up to like Kirk's Tart, like SSP threes and gotcha. there. So that's kind of like Sweet. what I think about in my head anyway, as far as like the progression from there because i kind of went from like those ultra lights straight into like number one and number two diamond shoes mm-hmm. and then to those sx7 kirk's heart shoes number two yeah. then from there i just started getting into the little bit bigger st croix stuff then into the kirk's heart nice. stuff but nice cool was uh did the st croix have uh you ever do those polo sh- shoes the yeah thing- i don't see they've changed them so i don't know if they're the same anymore right they were a little different because when i I first started yeah they used to fit in kind of between they might still actually because when i first started like they were just one step above the ultralights right then that's when they changed the way they made them oh okay changed the way they made them and they got a little harder gotcha so they might still be a little bit easier than like a classic number two but they're mm-hmm. probably fairly close now, unless they changed okay. them again and I didn't know, which they oh, could have. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you never know, right? Because <laughs> even, the, even the diamond shoes have changed a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, I think uh, I think Kirk's Heart bought them out and they changed the pattern. Uh-huh. So the pattern now on them looks more like, like the Kirk's Heart shoes rather than the old diamond shoes. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. You even hear about people getting pretty damn hard uh, ultralights sometimes that are like visibly well, thicker, it, like they put know, a caliper on them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Steel, I mean, see, steel can vary, you know. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing about steel bending, you know, because sometimes you can get a hold of something and it's like crazy. So I've, I've heard Pat talk about getting a hold of a 60D that felt like a red nail when he was trying to bend it. Oh yeah, I believe it. Whatever steel it was made out of, or whatever, but yep. Oh yeah, they vary a lot. But uh, all right, as we start wrapping it up here, I'm going to take you through the medley, which is rapid fire series of questions. Usually, it's just pertaining to bending, but since you're a strongman competitor, I'm going to mix some <laughs> strongman questions in there as okay. well. So let's do favorite thing to bend horseshoes. Yeah, yeah, horseshoes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and let's do uh, like favorite style of uh, strongman event. You have a favorite event? Probably my, I mean, Stones is probably my favorite event. Probably a close second would be Farmers, probably. Nice. All right. Hardest thing to bend for you as far as material goes? Um, Mm, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as far as like the amount of effort put in, like 
probably those mid length bends were probably some of the hardest things I did. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple horseshoes I did that were pretty crazy that Because I think the the biggest horseshoe I did was a SSP number five, okay. and that was hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd probably put that or one of the one of that three quarter inch mid length bed that I did. Nice. And what about uh, hardest uh, hardest strongman event for you specifically? Uh, I'd probably say yoke. Okay. I, I hate yoke. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I can do it, but I, I really yeah. don't like it. <laughs> Interesting. Do you, What about regular squatting? Is there any correlation there? Like, are you not a big back oh, squatter? That doesn't, that doesn't bother me. Like, I'm, I'm a decent back squatter. It's just yeah. uh, something about the walking with the weight and the shifting in my upper back. And yeah, I don't know. Interesting. What about a favorite? Are you, we already did that. You said stones. Um, how about something outside of uh, strength training and bending and strongman? Uh, that, that's a hobby of yours. As far as like anything or? Anything. Yeah, something, um, something that's not strength related. Well, I, uh, I'm a Star Wars collector, so. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm cool. into music. So yeah, yeah, probably those two things. Hell yeah. All right. What's the one, uh, one bend that got away something you attempted and you weren't able to complete it. That would probably be the SSP triple zero. Okay. I, I never bent one of those things. Those small, thick, hard shoes. And I tried, <laughs> I tried and tried that thing and I never bent it. Like yeah. even on the list, it said some of the stuff that I bet was harder than that one, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know. There was something about the leverage on it with it being yeah. so small or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, and here's, here's one. Who's the strongest person you know? This is uh, could be your grandpa or something like that, or some guy from your town, or it could be some pro, <laughs> you know, strong man or whatever. It's completely up to you. Yeah. I mean, as far as like, just like character and stuff, I'd probably say my grandfather, he's passed away now, probably 10 years ago, but uh-huh. yeah, he was just a hardworking guy. Always everybody liked him. He was respectable, like just a all around good dude. He was a trade welder, like nice. back during the war. So he didn't nice. get deployed to the war because they needed him at home to fix everything sure so i always looked i always looked up to him right on and how about regular like uh outside of character just brute strength let's like give somebody a little strength (laughs) i mean man that's a hard one because i know so many freaking strong guys i mean i know uh, that's what it sounds like (laughs) (laughs) i mean I, de- I definitely have to put uh, I definitely have to put TJ on that list probably somewhere. Okay. Because some of the things that I saw him do, I'm just like, <laughs> like there was there was one Arnold where 
he took an SX7 number two, and he spent like most of the night bending it. And he got it uh, here. I got a horseshoe here. So yeah. say this is number two. Like he took yeah. he took these the the legs and bent them both straight like this. Uh huh. So they're like <laughs> he didn't like twist the middle. Like yeah. he bent them sideways so everything was out straight and back around on itself. Gotcha. And it took Whoa. him like hours, and his <laughs> hands were like bleeding. And like Jesus. he was bleeding all over everything, and <laughs> and finally he's like, wow. "Here, <laughs> I still remember that." I'm just like, "That's hey. awesome." <laughs> he he had even he had cut himself open at the Arnold before we even started performing on stage. No, really, <laughs> doing stuff in the booth before we even yep. got up there. <laughs> all right and how about best piece of advice you were ever given this could be about strength sports or otherwise um as far as like strength and sports and health goes don't ever stop doing whatever you're doing as long as you're doing something yeah. don't stop doing it because once you stop is when you start to lose it yeah, that would be a Chris Riceism. <laughs> ah, nice. I've learned a lot of stuff from Chris. <laughs> that makes sense. There's a lot of stuff that he says I should listen to more often because yeah, he's <laughs> been there, done it. You know, but that's yep. definitely one of his things. Is like to never stop doing stuff, even if you're not like you know going crazy or anything. Always do stuff. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. And to close it out, what's the funniest reaction a person has had when they found out you spent your time bending nails or lifting stones or whatever, all the crazy stuff? I mean, I don't know if I can really think of like one in particular. Like there's people that think I'm weird and crazy, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, my, my mother-in-law always tells me to wear a hard hat when i'm doing sledgehammer levering so yeah <laughs> right and the steel but, yeah, toe people, boots for the stones yeah and... yeah i tell people what i do and they just give me weird looks like what okay <laughs> whatever <laughs> all right in closing who's someone you'd like to see me have on the show which is an increasingly difficult question because i've had like 50 people but uh See, i'm trying to i'm trying to think who you've had on the show because I, yeah. I know a lot of them. um i mean maybe i'll have to get your friend sean dockery i mean if, if sean would do it i mean yeah. he would be a good one to go down there i don't know whether he'd okay. do it or not though he's been kind of away from the grip and everything for a while but he may um okay maybe have you had chad woodall on no that that might one be down. One. okay cool have you uh have you had john Beatty on nope nice hit me with some good exam former good former one, owner of fat bastard barbell company right yeah i know the name cool yeah, he would right. be a good one to have on he's got a lot of stories <laughs> definitely that would be good all right. And if people want to get in touch with you, reach out, ask you a question about steel horseshoes or anything else. Uh, yeah. What's your Instagram and stuff like that? Uh, I'm Nick Shoebender on Instagram. Uh, I'm 
Right. I'm on Facebook some too. I'm just Nick Rosendahl on there. So either of those nice. places. Um, I have YouTube, but it's not really a channel. Like it was just play, mainly a place where I stuck videos of me and my friends doing stuff. So cool. <laughs> it's not really a proper channel. It's just a bunch of videos of us doing stuff. But, but yeah, those three places, like I'll get messages and whatever if you want to contact me or anything. But oh, sweet. Oh, you know what I wanted to mention to you? What, one of the you were the first person I've seen do this was uh, you posted a video of you pick up an Atlas stone and you shoulder it. I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. It's a big ass Atlas stone and he's shouldering it. Like that's impressive. And then you transfer this thing behind your head to the other shoulder. And I was like, that's wild. Well, I can't take credit for that. Like I was yeah. taught that was something that came from Pat and Steve Weiner. Is that right? Yes. Oh, cool. I got that from those guys. Those I first saw that from those guys. Really? And that's when I first tried it, was when those nice. guys were doing it. Because we had a, uh, one year we went to, when they used to have the AOBS dinner um, mm -hmm. out in New Jersey for the yep. old time yep. Strongman Barbell Association. Right. Uh, we went one year and then the day after we had to get together at Pat's basement gym. Mm -hmm. And we were doing all kinds of stuff there, bending and lifting stones and, yeah. and, yeah, Steve and those guys were doing some of that stuff, and oh, cool! That's that's where I learned that around the world with the stone was from. I think yeah. it was Steve. I don't know if it was Patterson, but I think it was Steve. But awesome! I'm gonna ask him. He's uh, yeah, he's been on the show, and we've stayed in touch. I bet he's you it was Steve. I know Pat New probably did it too, but I bet you it was Steve. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, Nick, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well. uh, this will probably come out tomorrow and uh, okay. yeah, look forward to doing it again in the future, man. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Take it easy.